Welcome to JT Data Talk, your one stop shop for opinionated analysis and witty banter on data circulating the internets. Hello, good afternoon. Welcome to JT Data Talk. We're today going to talk about something that I'm really excited about, and that's because it brings me back to my childhood starting off. I don't know if anyone out there ever read any of the Choose Your Own Adventure books, but there was something really cool that came out uh, from Netflix announced this week that they're going to be creating some choose-your-own-adventure endings for uh, one of their shows called Black Mirror and potentially some of their other shows in the future. And that brings up an interesting future for television or media consumption where do we end up having an AI-generated ending where Netflix is analyzing the data of these endings that we choose and it's deciding what it thinks we'll like the best based off of previous choices we've made. Is that something that we might see in the future? Yeah, I'm, you know, Joe, and by the way, I have a cold today. We all get a cold, so <laughs> I'm, I'm sounding a little funny right now, but um, bear with me. I'm going to try and, and um, say what I need to say about this media industry because I love this topic. I started my career in an advertising agency in Los Angeles, and did a lot of television um, type stuff there, and um, have watched the advertising industry and the television industry for years in media research. So I'm fascinated to watch what's happening in this space. Um, so the the choose your own ending or choose your own adventure kind of paradigm. Well, I we were Joe and I were talking about it, and we have young children, and one of the things we've noticed about them is that because they have access to so much content, they don't like to watch reruns nearly as much as I did when I was their age. I would sit and watch Roadrunner um, get smashed by Wile E. Coyote over and over in the same episode, or you know Sylvester and, and Tweety, and just all the cartoon stuff that I had access to would replay constantly. And that was the only content I had. I didn't have all these choices. So I'm just wondering if Netflix research kind of starts to understand that we need a lot more content and they're trying to figure out how to scale their content. Because even with Netflix and um, HBO, kind of those really great shows that we all watch, um, they run out of episodes and then we're kind of starving. Right? I mean, how long do you wait for another episode before you're like, oh, this is too long? Yeah. I mean, there's shows that you'll be way into it. Like recently was uh, there was Cobra Kai on YouTube Red that was super cool. Brought back nostalgia of Karate Kid. And there were, I don't know, eight or nine episodes. And my wife watched them over two nights. My right. Two and nights and it's and done. It's the like, whole season. And they're like, okay, season two's renewed and it's coming out next spring. And so you're like... Kind of waiting. Still, there's still the waiting paradigm where it's like, yeah, we've got this great content you can binge over, over two days or whatever. But we still have to kind of wait for that next that next season. The writers have to develop the scripts and people have to obviously do the acting. Uh, what's kind of the next thing to kind of cut down on that? Well, yeah, and and you know, going back to my younger child. When we were watching a series called Gordimer Gibbons, um, and we ran out of episodes to watch in a matter of two weeks because he kept wanting to watch the next one, the next one, the next one. And oh, by the way, they play continuously on Netflix right. and, le- or, and also Amazon Prime unless you stop them. 
right? So you, you can get sucked into watching two or three episodes really quickly on some of the digital um, streaming solutions. And so he's just, you know, on me all the time. When is it coming out? Can you check? Can you check the internet? And just doesn't want to wait anymore. And I think that might be part of, I mean, I don't know if it's the cause or the outcome of YouTube and YouTube viewership. And so one of the pieces of data that we brought with us today has to do with an article that I saw in The Atlantic. And it's entitled Raised by YouTube. Um, doesn't have a whole lot of data in it, but it's a fascinating article about the younger generation and YouTube. Highly recommend reading. Um, but one of the pieces of information that I picked out of it that I thought was fascinating was um, by a company called Choo Choo. And they get um, 19 million subscribers for that channel. It's one of the biggest channels. Um, and what they say is that they can see exactly what holds a toddler's attention moment by moment and what causes it to drift. I don't know if that's kind of scary or if that's kind of <laughs> awesome. It might be both. But they said that if a video achieves 60% completion rate, it's a hit. And they can tell that from the data. The, the study that they are um, sourcing here comes from 2015, so it's a couple years old. But this study said that 97% of kids had a mobile device, and by age four, 75% had either a tablet, smartphone, or iPod. So that's, you know, that's what's going on in the world of YouTube. And I do think that it may be causing this desire for much fresher video content um, and, and redefining TV yeah. completely. And how does advertising and marketing kind of fit into that where we you know, used to just have, like you said, four or five channels, and if the president was on, you were kind of doomed that <laughs> night as a kid. Um, but now, you know, then cable came and uh, sports became huge with and kind of created these first packages to expand and upsell on cable. And then obviously Netflix came along. We have all these subscription bases now. But what's kind of the single source of truth? I mean, if if I'll have a, I confess, I'm I still subscribe to Comcast. Yeah. Um, have you ever been a cord cutter? I've never been a cord cutter. Okay. Um, there was one time I tried Sling TV and it kept buffering. And I just had an image of me being out of town and my wife having a hard day with all the kids. And I and I get like text messages from her that the TV's not working, it's buffering. And I just figured it was better to have that connection <laughs> to Comcast for her. Um, but for me, mostly it's, it's sports. Sports has kind of kept that, has been the last thing that's kept me on... On Comcast. On Comcast. Yeah. Well, okay, so I'll confess, I did cut the cord. I cut the cord a few years ago, wrote a really funny, I think, blog piece <laughs> on trying to watch the Super Bowl. Yeah. And do you remember that yep, one? I yeah. That, yeah. So I was, um, it, it turned out the HD, HD antenna was the final solution to watching the Super Bowl. But, um, but yeah, sports has been the challenging piece. Now, I'm perfectly fine with not watching sports, uh, full disclosure. But I do now have someone in my household who wants to watch sports. And I actually do have Comcast again because um, MLB and NFL package all combined mm -hmm. are more than buying um, the basic you know, cable that, I, that yeah. I would want if you want more than one sport. So, um, so I, I do agree with you. Is, is, is sports keeping TV 
um, traditional TV alive. But what is traditional TV? There's an article here from CMO.com that has some more data in it. Um, and it's talking about addressable TV. Do you want to explain what that means? Um, so that's where we're actually looking at kind of how TV's evolving. Uh, it's it's moved less of a, a, a static or a, a static thing and more has become more dynamic. So it's more looking at how how people are behaving and integrating programmatic ad buying into television and and there was a um, example in that article that talked about um, how L'Oreal had been advertising to people for decades now based off of if they had bought lipstick within the last uh, couple of weeks. So TV's kind of not dying, but evolving. It's that, trying to figure out where says. it fits into digital. Yeah, the article says TV's not dead, it's evolving. And, um, and, and based on some other research that I did for the Trends Report, the number of people who were cord cutting has slowed down to a very small percentage. So I do think that the number of people who are going to cord cut have done so. And we're at some sort of stable rate right now. Mm-hmm. Um, that being the case, uh, television ad spend has gone up 9.3% according to this article from July 1st to August 31st. And that data comes from iSpot. Don't know much about how they did their research. There's not much sourced in the article. But uh, that speaks to the fact that advertisers are, are still flocking to television. The article also said that only 2.8% of that spend would be programmatic television, and that means targeted directly to you as a um, more of an individual or a smaller consumer group, perhaps maybe a woman who is into fashion and beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's happening here in the television world, I actually think is related to economic trends. I think it has to do with the fact that the economy is booming, that the tax cuts that came about because of the Trump tax plan repatriated some money that needed to be spent and it got spent in advertising and television advertising specifically because it's easier to spend and buy a bigger audience right away. Um, But speaking of that, we've had some tipping points in what's going on in the world. Um, You had found one on consumption. Tell us about that one. Yeah, there was an article in Recode and they they, um, referenced a study from a company called Zenith Measurement. And Zenith showed that for the first time ever, uh, internet consumption will actually surpass television consumption globally in uh, this year, actually starting next year, and then in the U.S. in 2020. So we're getting to the point that obviously being led by smartphones, which we harped on on the Adobe Digital Index uh, Insights team for years, how these little smartphones were improving retail and media consumption. Uh, that's going to take over eyeballs on television um, and, and lead to some interesting things in the future. Yeah, so uh, the other tipping point that we saw also came from Recode, and that had to do with the advertising spending, which was tipping more towards digital. It said that it had gone over 50% of the traditional ad spend, or uh, it had gone to less than 50% for traditional television versus digital. And the, these tipping point moments, I really like how poignant they are. Um, because 10 years from now, these are moments in time we can look back on and say, this is when the majority shifted. 
Um, and television, whether we want to call it television or video, it, it's, it's obviously different now. And it's, it's going to be different in the future. Um, I'm, I'll be interested to see how these choose-your-own-adventures work. And I'll be interested to see how Netflix uses and mines the data from it to create better content in yeah. the future. Yeah, I, I have really high hopes for that. And I think there's big opportunity with the data to kind of see what do people want. You know, there was a whole bunch of backlash at the end of the La La Land ending and how that would have been the perfect movie. You know, the obviously critics love it because it's different, but like the mass population is like, why didn't they end up together? Spoiler alert. <laughs> um, but these things will, this data will help people to know based on the audience that they're seeing what, what types of endings should they give to series. And I think a lot of series have actually had really bad endings recently, like... Uh, how I Met Your Mother, people were kind of upset at how that one ended, and there's been a few that, uh, Sopranos, a lot of people were upset how uh, that ended, yeah. <laughs> and uh, what happened, you know, to Tony at the end. Um, so I think there's some interesting data on how they'll be able to create content in the future. Well, I wonder if we actually will have a single singular ending anymore, or are we just going to have a lot of different potential, and... But, but then how do we all talk about the ending, right? Yeah. Because, like, that was all the water cooler talk yeah. was the ending. Yeah. And if it's not the same for everybody, it's how are like, we going to talk about it's it? It's like Wayne's World. Did you, see, did you see Wayne's World? I don't remember it. Oh, but. my gosh. So Wayne's World has about ten different endings. They say, oh, that one didn't go well. Let's do the Scooby-Doo ending. Or let's do the hero ending or whatever. And they make this noise and they show a different ending to people <laughs> and then it ends how they know people want it to end. Oh, that's the perfect but, analogy. Yeah, it's like, it's it's kind of, that could be the future is like you watch how Netflix intended it to end and then you're like, oh, that wasn't any good. Let's okay. watch this alternate ending. We're going to have to title this podcast How Everything <laughs> About Media You Can Learn From Watching Wayne, Wayne's World. <laughs> exactly, right? Exactly. Okay, well, I think that covers our media and advertising topic for today. Um, just a reminder, all of our thoughts and opinions are our own. They don't represent Adobe. But um, if you have comments about media industry or advertising or anything that you'd like us to cover, um, let us know. Yep, we're available. Thanks. Have a great week. Thank you for joining us. Share your thoughts and data you find interesting on our Slack channel, JNT Data Talk. And follow us on Twitter at, at @tamara_g and at Joe D. Marty.